welcome to the BSL Nutrition Podcast. I am Ben Brown, co-founder and CEO of BSL Nutrition, where we make smart nutrition simple so that you can fuel your best with less. Today, I'm super excited and honored to welcome Esther Blumhorn to the show. Esther is an integrative dietitian and best-selling author of Cave Women Don't Get Fat, Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous, Secrets of Gorgeous, and the Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous Project. She currently maintains a busy private practice in Connecticut where she prescribes whole food diet therapy and supplement protocols to heal and reverse chronic illness. Esther also holds radically gorgeous retreats for women who want to rapidly accelerate growth in their nutrition, mindset, and business. So Esther, how are you? What's been going on? (laughs) I'm great, Ben. I'm super stoked because I just turned in um, my book proposal for book number five. So my agent Celeste is firing them out to the publishing world as we speak. And um, the book is called Eat, Drink, and Be 40-ish, The Plant-Based Path to a Vibrant Life. And this is really geared towards, um, you know, it's, it's just the next step in the evolution of my books. It, it is a no-diet diet book. My demographic tends to be women in their uh, age 35 to 55, but men read my books too, and, and everyone's welcome to read. And... Um, it's a super, super simple book. Um, I, my agent and I were joking around. She was like, what is your book about? And originally I, I said, oh, well, I really want to address the thyroid and the adrenals and take care of that whole um, piece of you know, hormonal balance and energy and vitality. And she was like, oh, dear Lord, if I, I, I can't read another single book like that. Yes. And I just started laughing and she said, but what's your, what's your diet plan and all this? I haven't seen a diet plan. And I said, diet plans make me want to stick a fork in my eye. So if you ask me to do a diet plan, like I'm out. And we just sat there laughing and we said, okay, here, here's the book. So the book has five daily commitments. And if you start with one, if you can build up to five in a year's time, great. If you can do it, great. Whatever you do is going to start to shift your body into a place of equilibrium and balance and joy and openness and and freedom with the way you eat because there's no calorie counting, there's no restricting, um, it's just adding things in and these practices are going to get you nice and alkaline. They are going to correct about 90 to 95% of what is ailing you. So couple of examples is one is to start off the day with a green juice and I'm a huge fan of celery juice because that helps rebuild HCL in the gut um, and it tastes really good organic celery whole foods has like the yummiest celery around yeah. um, and then uh, you can also do cucumber juice which is extremely cleansing and alkalinizing and my favorite morning cocktail is to do cucumber with coconut water, or you can do cucumber juice with uh, fresh lemon juice squeezed in. Any of this is going to get your liver stimulated, your gallbladder stimulated. If you're someone who's constipated, you will go to the bathroom and first thing in the morning. You will not need to take any medication anymore to deal with your constipation. And it's also really hydrating. Most people wake up and the first thing they drink is caffeine. Sure. And so what's happened is you're fasting overnight. You have all these toxins sitting in your system 
your liver's been trying to clean them out all night, and the first thing you do is put something in that's dehydrating and an irritant to your liver. So this just opens up your liver pathways, gets your circulation moving, then have your coffee or tea yes. and or water. Okay. The next is one plant-based meal per day. This means one meal without protein per day. Most of us are not getting in enough vegetables during the day, and this is a great way to get in vegetables per day. And I like to make a big-ass salad with, um, you know, the base is like butter lettuce or spinach, um, and then you pile on. I'll make a mix. Sometimes I'll put on, like yesterday, I put on peppers, and I, I make ribbons of carrots, and you can put in, I have like grilled zucchini I'll top in there, and then I'll toast some pine nuts or pumpkin seeds. Sometimes I put chopped pickles in my salad because I just like the real flavor, or like sauerkraut, you know, that's real pungent sour. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, and then I love to put fruit on my salad too. I love to put grapefruit slices with pomegranate seeds and fennel. That's like a really great combination. And I love to put avocado on top. So those are just some great ideas. And if you're hungry, if you're really starving, it doesn't work for you. Okay, put some protein on there, put some chopped egg or chicken or fish, whatever, you know, sometimes I'll put anchovies on there, whatever floats your boat. Okay. And then um, the third daily commitment I'll talk about is carbs at night because this really is great for sleep. It's great for calming you down. You know, most of us are so wired and are on, I mean, I can't even tell you. So I do a lot of public speaking and I will always ask people like, who sleeps with their cell phone next to their mm. bed at night, let alone their head, okay? That is so, <laughs> don't get me started. It really, it really uh, interferes all those electromagnetic fields and all the blue light. And, and there are apps where your phone can switch to an, an orange and amber light in, in the evening. But all of that is so disruptive to our melatonin production, our pineal glands, our circadian rhythms. So we want to power down at night. It, I don't even sleep with the cell phone on the same floor as my bedroom. My bedroom's on the second floor. My cell phone stays on the first floor. It is nowhere near. Um, it, my husband will put his phone on the charger in the bathroom, but that is at least 10 feet away from our heads, okay? So power down at night. Eat your carbs because they will promote a sense of calm and deep relaxation. And I'm not saying eat a huge bowl of pasta or have a bowl of ice cream. I'm talking a complex, slow-release carbs, you know, some good old sweet potatoes. You could do some white potatoes. You can do, um, you know, um, well, my mind is blanking. So starchy starchier vegetables. Starchy veggies, squash, stuff like that. Yes. Uh, yes, winter squash, another yeah. great starchy vegetable. So good. just really simple foundational things that are a lifestyle. They are not a diet at all. It's just kind of, if you follow these and integrate things, you will feel better. And most people just want to feel better. Yeah. <laughs> no one ever yes. comes in and says, I want to feel more tired, be sluggish, have a you know crappy metabolism. Right. And not be able to finish my thoughts by 3 p.m. every day. Let's help you feel better so that you can start to lose weight, function better, improve cellular health, all of those things, right? Yeah, and just be a better, happier human overall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want that? And I have a, a, a strong appreciation for the fact that 
you're emphasizing increased veggie intake specifically saying, you know, really marrying kind of what we, the stigma surrounding a paleo diet. Like when we think about a paleo diet, we think meat based, fat based, right? And I think that's what a lot of people get in trouble with from a health and a weight loss standpoint is just because you're eating paleo, dude, doesn't mean you have the freedom to consume excessive amounts of uh, commercially raised animal protein and and processed fats, right? That's yeah. calories still matter at the end of the day, and the quality of the food matters at the end of the day. And regardless of whatever diet, whatever nutritional philosophy we're talking about, is none of them are going to say eat less fruits and vegetables, right? Right. And I think the stigma comes from an Atkins hangover, really, because I think people got so attached to Atkins and so attached to fat, but then all the fruit and veggies got lost in translation. And it goes back to what I was saying uh, earlier, which is, you know, you don't have to be 100% on any plan. Like you don't, you never should give up fruit. Any plan that tells you to give up fruit for weight loss or fat loss is not a sustainable plan. And I, I understand if you have a body composition, uh, you yeah. know, you're prepping for that. Okay, I get it. But the majority of the world is not. And so this is this talk is for the purpose of the every man, the every woman who is listening to this and to tell you, you need fruits and vegetables so that you, you keep pooping every day and you keep eliminating toxins and you keep your cellular health and your body up to speed. So <laughs> that's, you know, if a paleo without fruits and vegetables is an unhappy body, it's an unhappy colon, it is imbalanced, it's a lot of acidity in your system. Think of the food guide pyramid this way, right? The, the bottom is um, greens and, and every kind of vegetable under the sun. Then the next layer is fruit and no, eating bananas will not make you fat and too many mangoes, okay, if you really are insulin resistant, maybe don't eat too many, but fruit does not make you fat. It's one of the most cleansing nutrients and healing nutrients that we need, especially wild blueberries, okay? The next layer is going to be quality protein, um, you know, and when I say quality, I mean animals raised on pasture, animals that are fed grass 100% of their life, not fed grass in the beginning and finished on grains or fed grains and finished on grass. So 100% pastured, so that can be eggs from wild chickens, you know, chicken, turkey when it's in season, lamb, beef, pork, you can find all sorts of pastured meats that are clean because you're not only eating the animal, you're eating what the animal has eaten. Right. So that's the importance of pastured. Then wild Alaskan salmon, I love Vital Choice Seafood has like the best selection on the planet. Yeah, right? they're great. And then after that, you have your roots and tubers and starches. So plantains, yucca, sweet potato, white potato, um, Jerusalem artichokes, those taro root, those are all really healthy, clean pro uh, uh, starches, pardon me. And then quality fats. You have avocado, nuts and seeds, olive oil, coconut, coconut oil, avocado oil, grapeseed oil. Okay, so all of this is GMO free. It's not adulterated in any way. It's a whole food. It's not, you know, um, <laughs> sprayed with vitamins on a factory line saying it's been fortified. It's not a neon color. It's just food that it either has ran, swam, 
grown from the ground or you know grazed on on the ground that's that's really okay uh, or swam in the ocean that's your food supply beautiful that's summary so okay so whole foods real food that mother nature intended us to eat and what are the problems with um, consuming foods that would not be considered paleo so what are we referring to We're referring to grains yeah. dairy um, artificial sweeteners, processed sugars, things like that. What are, what are the inherent problems with, with consumption and or overconsumption of those foods? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, before I even answer that, I also want to address the gray areas of paleo because some people do tolerate dairy. Some people do tolerate legumes and beans. Some people do tolerate ancient grains like quinoa, millet, amaranth. So it's really, you've got to, I recommend weeding everything out and then slowly adding things back in. Um, that's really important because those are still gluten-free grains, but they're, um, you know, there can still be yep. grain. So the problems with consuming this is our DNA doesn't recognize these foods and doesn't know how to break them down and they can trigger an autoimmune response. So a lot of us are actually genetically programmed to show illness or show disease, show cancer, show autoimmune conditions. But if we don't have the triggers to turn these genes on, or even stress is a huge trigger, um, but if, if these genes don't get turned on, then the illness never expresses itself. So um, sugar you know, suppresses white blood cell count for up to five hours after you've eaten it. Um, we know it causes behavioral and mood changes that can lead to depression. Um, you know, sugar can temporarily raise your serotonin and or your dopamine, and then it will crash few hours later and you feel awful, tired, and more craving. So um, sugar is really, you know, it, it's like cocaine in the brain. We know that from brain scans. And, and as for the other foods, you know, the body just doesn't recognize them. They're not part of our genetic makeup. We haven't been, these foods are so new to the diet of Marman. Even soy, soy is a big trigger for a lot of people and suppresses thyroid function. Um, and a lot of these things are genetically modified. They're sprayed with tons of pesticides and chemicals that actually disrupt our hormonal balance because they displace estrogen at the cellular level. So imagine that your body is maybe making the right amounts of estrogen and progesterone, but they can't reach the targeted cell site. They can't get in. It's like uh, trying to put a key in your front door and the key doesn't fit or it, can't turn the lock to actually enter your house. So that is the long-term effect of eating processed foods sprayed with these hormonal disruptors. So am I saying you can never go out to dinner and have a beast birthday cake and do all that? No, absolutely not. But you know, I'm talking like once or twice a month, or if you if you want some dark chocolate, you know, you make sure it's organic, non-GMO, low sugar, no sugar, you know, it's yeah. you you have to practice mindfully and you have to earn the right to eat those foods. You can't just be a sloth all day sitting at your desk and think you're going to do fine. Sure. That stuff. You got to move your butt. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. That, that helps a lot. So we know that, that obviously nutrition plays an instrumental role in our health, in weight loss, improving energy, reducing fatigue, improving sleep, all of those things that, that our audience is struggling with. But what, I'm, what I've experienced quite a bit in working with people is it's not just what to eat, but how to eat it. Mm. And so my question to you is how do you help people 
implement the behavioral change necessary to start to implement those those foods because it makes sense what you're saying but how do we go about doing it because we're busy we're stressed we have kids so what are what are some of the seemingly simple steps that people can use to start to introduce if they're not already start to introduce or make steps forward um, with these paleolithic foods yeah Um, i'm a big fan of only doing one or two things at a time and mastering those and then moving on to the next level because people get very overwhelmed i mean it took me a long time to clean out even when i started paleo i didn't actually physically get rid of the grains in my house till about a year later i still found like bags of flour old pasta you know just stuff that was left over. So it's very slow and gradual. Even even myself, even me who has all of this knowledge, I only take on one or two major changes a year, okay? So like one year I bought a slow cooker, that was my jam. Then one and I, I layer these on. It's not like I do it for a year and then stop. Right. One year I bought a juicer. Okay, this past year has been like my juicing habit. One year, you know, and got rid of all the grains and, and got rid of all the plastic Tupperware and switched to glass. So you go at your own pace because otherwise that I find my clients who take on the most rapid changes the soonest have the hardest time sticking to it. It's the ones who kind of go slow unapologetically and just say, I'm just going to master one thing at a time. Those are the people who succeed. So start with breakfast because breakfast sets you up for the day and that's the easiest meal to shift. I have a client who is 13 years old. He just dropped, I saw him yesterday, he dropped 10 pounds. And I was like, what were the things that worked the most for you? The first thing we did was swap out his breakfast because he was eating waffles and cereal. So now we have him eating. He eats sausage. Sometimes he eats bacon. Sometimes he eats eggs. But he switched to a much higher protein meal. Is it perfect? Is it pastured eggs and perfect sausage? It is not. And he still got the results. So... I also like to tell people, you don't have to be perfect to get these results. I mean, how often, there's a great joke, right? How do you know if you're with a CrossFitter or a vegan? Because we'll tell you. They'll tell you. They'll tell you, right? And we've all been out to dinner with people who, and, and no judgment here, but it's, it's, come on, it's funny. Like, like, I'm on the whole 30 plan. Okay, so you can't put sugar and you can't have this and you can't have like, Pump your brakes, people. Like, just it's okay if there's three grams of sugar in a meal, you're not gonna derail yourself. It's really okay. So, um, be sane about. It. Don't make yourself and everyone around you nuts. So, okay, especially if you're gonna sustain this. So, um, notice the plan's called Whole Thirty. It's not called Whole Forever. Okay, right. Because it would be sustainable. So, um, and I, I like Dallas Hartwig very much. This is not a diss on Dallas. So. Um, Okay, but start with breakfast, master that, okay? Um, I highly recommend starting off the day with an alkalinizing juice, either fresh cucumber with um, a shot of lemon or even fresh coconut water to really hydrate yourself first thing in the morning. Or I'm a big fan of just 100% celery juice. Notice I'm not saying 20 different vegetables. I'm saying one vegetable at a time. Do that for a month, see how you feel. Then you want to swap out your breakfast to a whole food breakfast. For some of you, this is going to be a big bowl of fruit, and that's okay. For some of you, it's going to be eggs and avocado. 
for some of you, like this morning, I had a cassava flour tortilla with some crumbled bacon, a smashed boiled egg, and some avocado. Okay, for other days, I'll have a big um, protein smoothie with some greens added to it. So I love to spend time and really like get excited about just the process. It's not the weight loss that excites me. It's how do I get through the whole day and feel completely clear mentally and energized and not crash at 3 p.m. So when my son comes home from school, we can go shoot hoops for a while and I still have enough energy <laughs> to get through his homework, dinner, and bedtime. And then I can like, it's okay if my energy goes down after that. But to me, I just need enough to get through the day. And then you can start piling on. Then you can get really curious about it. Be like, what else is possible? Okay, well, what else needs revamping? Well, I find I'm eating pretzels every afternoon. What's a better replacement? I don't know. Celery is pretty crunchy. Let's throw some almond butter on there and see if that helps me feel energized and satisfied. So staying in the spot of curiosity in a non-judgmental place. So no matter what, you're a success. Like, okay, so if you felt tired one day on celery, fine. Next, what's another option? Maybe um, bananas and a handful of almonds will be a better snack for me. Okay, or did I lift weights that day? Maybe I need some turkey rolled up around avocado. Okay. Or some jerky. So it's, it's playing, experimenting, and doing one thing at a time, mastering the hell out of it, and then moving on. So you're finding that by, by shifting the emphasis away from focusing on weight loss, focusing on counting calories, focusing on macros per se, and, sh and shifting the emphasis into the quality of the foods, the type of foods, the meals specifically that they're eating and mastering those meals, you're seeing that that in and of itself is contributing to certainly improved health conditions like you were talking about, but, but weight loss as well, right? Yes. And over time, not everyone's weight loss is wham, bam, thank you, man. You know, if somebody's been on antidepressants and they're coming off or um, they've had a sluggish liver for a long time, which can be a real cause of trouble losing weight. You know, it takes a while for those shifts to happen. If, if you're, you know, in your mid forties and up, mm -hmm. chances are you've got a congested liver. It's, you know, stress, environmental, um, we, we didn't always eat organic as kids. It wasn't a thing back then, you know. So you've got some clearing of your metabolic clutter to do, but it happens in time and the consistency enables you to practice it so that it becomes natural. And in time, the weight does come off. And in the meantime, you get to play and say, all right, maybe like how many long walks can I do this week? How many times can I lift weights or can I just spend 20 minutes lifting weights, but really do it intensely for those 20 minutes? And it, it gives you the wiggle room to sit and play and experiment during that time. So ultimately, when you do get the results, you know what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, um, we often have a lot of, uh, and, and a lot of female clients that I've worked with, um, we have a lot of emotional issues that we mask potentially mask with food, emotional issues that have been built into our subconscious from the times that we were kids that have really um, factored into our eating habits and our inner, you know, feelings of comfort and well-being revolving around food as we get older. What do you do and how do you help women identify with and overcome some of these emotional issues that are sabotaging their weight loss goals? Yeah. 
we crack them wide open and we address them. And um, it really, we crack them open by asking, you know, you're only as good as the quality of the questions that you're either asking yourself or that I am asking my clients. So, for example, one woman just, you know, she, she had all of these hungers and these cravings. And cravings are, to me, the best way. If you can unearth what the heck is, it's not really what you're craving. It's, yeah. it's not the food that you're craving. The food is the least of it. It's what lies underneath the yeah, craving. It's like the, so, the brain, emotional signals that yes. you need. It's what the craving is truly about. So I have a client who um, her default button is pasta. That is like her battle cry for self-care. When she says, oh, I really, I really need pasta. Well, what do you really need? And so we began asking all of these questions and we were Skyping and she is just crying and crying. And um, we traced it back to, it was pretty unbelievable. We traced it back to a time when she had been really hungry. Her parents went through a horrible divorce. Um, her father was dating his next wife or the woman he left her mother for. And she had asked him to go get, uh, he was going out to dinner and she said, would you please bring some home for me? Bring some, cause we have no food in the house. Yeah. And he did not, he did not bring her any food. So she was left hungry and felt so neglected. And so, you know, she kept trying to slap the pasta and meatballs on that open wound. And as we all know, just like a bar of chocolate, it doesn't stop the bleeding at the end of the day. So, but we knew now when she said, I really want pasta and meatballs, that was like the lights went on to, I really need self care or I really need to take a hot bath. I really need to get a workout in. I really need to take some time off work and just be with my husband. I really need me time. I need to just get quiet. And same thing, another client of mine too is going through struggles. Her husband's been unemployed for a year and a half and her battle cry is, I, I want chocolate. I need chocolate. And she'll binge on chocolate. And again, we unearthed and it was just the same thing. It was, I really need self-love at this point. And I can tell you personally, like for me, it's funny. I will love to drink cocktails, but only when I'm really happy. I don't want to drink when I'm depressed or irritable. I associate with joy and pleasure. And I just have to, you know, and I've learned to laterally switch it out for like some kombucha tea if I don't want to really put booze in my system because yeah. booze doesn't, although I love booze, it doesn't love me. So it's really just like cracking that open and kind of airing it out. And, and getting curious and say, well, what the heck is this really about? Because it's not, I don't really, my body doesn't want chocolate or pasta. My mind does. So like what's really happening? What's going on? And the more insight you get, the less attached you become to the results for the end product. Yeah, I like that. For, for, all the, for all the trainers listening, you have to be able to ask those deep questions. You have to be able to, to look in your client's eyes and, and really get uncomfortable with it. Um, for their own get good. comfortable with being uncomfortable and just yeah. the greatest gift. You don't even have to have any answers for your clients. You just have to ask them questions. This is, you are simply the conduit. Right. You are the garden hose. They are the water moving through. They just need you to hold space for them to be present and just to listen. That's all. You need no advice or guidance. And 
once you're dialed into your clients, that advice will come to you intuitively anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what are a couple of the health challenges that you may have faced that has propelled you into this career of helping so many other women? Um, well, it's funny. Initially, I got into it because I like the academic requirements. I had no health issues at the time. <laughs> my, uh, my grandfather was a physician. He practiced medicine. He did surgery until he was 80. He was an ENT. Surgery until he was 80. He saw patients four days a week till he was 95 and a half. And then he painted the last 10 years of his career. He died. He was 105 and a half. <laughs> Totally lucid. He was one of the first graduating classes of NYU in 1921. Um, so then my father was a dermatologist. My mother's a nurse. We had tons of pharmacists in our family. And so, but I didn't want to go to med school. And, my, and I love a good challenge. And my grandfather was like, why would you ever, why wouldn't you go to medical school? You're, you're not going to be a doctor. Like, you're never going to be a success. You're never going to make any money. I was like, ha ah, ha, the joke's on you. <laughs> so, um, but it wasn't till later, after my son was born, I developed this wicked, debilitating insomnia, and I nursed him for a year, so I just thought, oh, my hormones are off, you know, my body's still recalibrating itself, and it did not get better, and it got worse and worse, and it took me seven and a half years, okay, seven and a half years of insomnia, to, of like taking care of a child, writing books, seeing clients, I mean, it was... Uh. The most, I can't even tell you, like, I know I'm a badass after going through that because you really, at one point, I really had suicidal thoughts regularly. I was like, just end this misery. I just want to sleep. And so I was finally diagnosed with Epstein-Barr virus. And I realized I had had it my whole childhood. I had was sick every month and my parents put me on tons of antibiotics and I finally had tonsillectomy. But that never, it went dormant until I had my son. And then it blew up, like, holy cow. So having that, and then I was hooked on, like, an eighth of a pill of Xanax. That took me five months to detox. Five months, just from that little bit. But it, it wasn't working, but, it, but I couldn't get off it. And I had to, like, steal myself through this horrible withdrawal. Um, so that helped me incredible. I mean, it, it helped me because, A, the funny thing was, now here's the best irony, Ben. Like, when Cave Women Don't Get Fat came out, I had to go on a vegan diet. I was like a closeted vegan because oh. animal fats fuel the virus. So I had to clean it out. And when I found this out, I cried for three days. I was like whining to my husband. I was like, I can't give up steak. And, you know, once I, once I, I, I grieved, I threw myself a pity party. And then after three days, I was like, party's over. Let's let again, let's get curious. And I was like, okay, let me see what happens if I am a vegan. Like, how is my body going to adjust? So I really got very curious and I started cooking in a whole new way and began to juice and, um, you know, really restructure the way I ate. And I can't say I didn't miss meat, but I really enjoyed the simplicity and the elegance of all of it, which was just, you know, my breakfast was a big ass fruit and green smoothie. I had fruit throughout the day and vegetables. And my lunch was like tons of sauteed vegetables. I love to do 
spinach with onions and garlic and I would top it with sun-dried tomatoes and sesame seeds and then sliced avocado and um, and then my dinner would be sweet potatoes and more greens and coconut oil and I and cashew cream drizzled on top. So I began again, like looking at all these vegan cookbooks and, and, and that just opened up a whole nother side of my practice, which I really got to integrate. And, um, you know, for years I, I really was not accepting of a vegan diet because it was so against what I knew and what I, and how I treated clients. And once I opened that side up, I was like, Oh, big deal. So yeah. there is a vegan component to my book. If you are vegan, you can follow it because some people do need it. And I will say often the best way to do a short-term detox is a vegan diet. I mean, it really, it does work for some people. It doesn't work for everybody, but it does work for some people. So that, I would say that definitely opened me up to a whole different way of living. So now I guide people into becoming intuitarians where they really dial into their own body needs. And some days especially like the second half of a woman's cycle, she really needs a lot more protein. The first half, she doesn't need as much. She's much more insulin sensitive. Second half, you're much more insulin resistant. So my eating changes throughout the month. It changes day to day, but I just dial into what my body needs and it tells me when it needs meat or you know, fish or chicken, and, which is usually one to two times a day, but it's not at all three meals anymore. Esther, what is some of the best advice you have ever received? <laughs> that is such a great question. Oh my gosh. Um, get out of your head and into mm. your heart. That was a really big one for me professionally. Um, I have worked with a couple of business coaches and um, whenever I'm stuck creatively and I get out of my flow because I'm way too much in my head and I'm just not letting myself be open to everything that's around us every day. You know, we, we have so much magic around us every day. And that magic is not only around us, but it comes from inside of us. So um, it's really important whether you're doing a work project, whether you're dialing into your eating, whether you are in a relationship and trying to figure out the course of the relationship or whether you're parenting a child or you have sick parents or any interaction, you really have to listen to those inner voices and stay true to your heart at all times. Because if not, you can get very sick um, physically, emotionally. And an interesting part of the work I do are um, treating women with Hashimoto's uh, syndrome. And I have noticed a pattern in these women, which is they're very blocked in their throat chakra. Mm. And these are women who have a hard time speaking up for themselves or maybe as a child. Um, one case in particular I'm thinking of was abused as a child. And so she didn't have that voice. She has it now, but it's healing from all of that. So Interesting. Get out of your head into your heart and you will always, always be led in the right direction. It's a good, good piece of advice. <laughs> what is, uh, what is something that you do currently that other people think is insane? <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I had something great to say to you, but not, nobody thinks I'm insane. <laughs> for good. That's good. You know, I mean, when I talk to people about, if I talk to people about 
moving the cell phone away from their head. Like, you know, these are like uh, people, the type of people that need scientific research to support every single decision that they make. Well, why wouldn't I eat GMO? I don't, you know, I haven't seen any research to suggest that, you know, that yeah. makes any sense. Why do I need to move the cell phone away from my head? Like, show me the research study. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, no, that's cool. That's, it's good. I, I have to think. I mean, I really think it, I don't ask permission. I, I don't think you do either. I don't ask permission. I just kind of go and live my life. I don't run my life by too many people where they get the opportunity to weigh in. <laughs> yeah, and you probably don't surround yourself with many people that have conflicting uh, opinions about many things. I mean, of course, it's good to have, uh, uh, you know, educated conversations about stuff with people that may certainly see things differently, but you're not going to surround yourself with people yeah. that are going to uh, necessarily straight up, you know, disagree with you and, and be adamant about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think. I definitely have some clashes. I'm nothing is coming to mind at the at the moment. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I wake up. I wake up at uh, four four thirty in the morning. People think I'm insane for yeah. waking up that early, but yeah. that's what works for me. I get a lot of work done early, um, and I try to go to bed early. Yeah. So okay, cool. Last question, and uh, we'll wrap it up, and then you can talk about kind of where people can can follow you. But yeah. what are three people or resources that you've learned from, and you continue to learn from this past mm. year? Mm. Oh, God. Okay. Well, uh, you and I were talking, preaching mad love for Sachin Patel. Yes. Uh, what up? What up, Sachin? I, I him. Just, you know, he's got such a great way with words, and I love how he just takes everything and flips it on his head. And um, I really, I adore his messaging, and it's really all about empowering patients to take control of their health and stop relying on, and this is so aligned with what you and I do. It's Stop relying on the government to take care of your health. It ain't happening. It's not happening with health insurance. It's not happening with the food that we're, you know, being provided with. Um, so go rogue. Take matters into your own hands. You will be so much healthier for it. I guess, yeah, and that feeds into like, oh, people probably think I'm insane for, you know, I never go. I love the questionnaire, like, who's your primary care doctor? Right? I don't have one. I, uh, I go to all holistic people. I mean, Technically, I have one in case, God forbid, I need antibiotic prescription. That's it. I never, anytime I go to the doctor, there are, the doctors are the ones who think I'm insane. And yes. then they end up saying, God, I really, I, maybe you can teach me more about nutrition. I'm like, yeah, you should because you're probably not getting any results with your patients now. <laughs> um, Okay, Kelly Brogan, um, a mind of her own. She uh, gets women to really. Again, dial in, listen to that inner voice they've been shutting off for years. She helps them get off antidepressants naturally. And it's funny because I tried to refer one of my clients to her, one of my male clients who's coming off ADHD meds and antidepressants. And she's like, no, I don't take on male clients, which I thought, wow, that is boss. Wow. That is like, wow. <laughs> So, um, but again, she thinks really critically about the role that medications play in our lives and how to unearth, once you go off those medications, like really facing that pain that's been masked by medications all of these years. Um, 
And the third, okay, is my long-term buddy and friend, Charles Poliquin, because he is like, <laughs> I've known Charles a long time. Um, we used to go to Robert Crayon Nutrition Conferences together. <laughs> and uh, Robert, he's no longer alive. Actually, it was his birthday a couple days ago. Um, but he used to put these nutrition conferences on, and he did stand-up comedy on the side, and it was so funny. So I met Charles, and Robert was the one who trained me to be a holistic and integrative dietitian. Um, so at one of his conferences, Charles like struts up to me all puffed out, and he hands me his book on German body comp. And I was like, who is this guy that thinks I would even be remotely interested in this? Like, who is this person? Yeah. And I read it on the way home and was crying laughing. I was like, this guy is amazing. And I've done his biosignature trainings. He's been so kind to me over the years. And I had no idea he was like promoting me on his website. He had read Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous and promote it. And all of a sudden on Facebook, this was the early days of Facebook, I had all these like beefy muscle guys friending me. I was like, who is, what do they want with me? Who is this? Well, they had all read my book, thanks to Charles, and I had become fans. So I got really plugged into that world. And Charles is just an endless resource. Yeah, he's, his handle is now Strength Sensei. Right. But he is an endless resource for information on, you know, he's taught me everything I know about magnesium and zinc supplementation and just the absolute critical importance of it and um, getting lean and all of those. And he is not for the timid and weak, so do not be intimidated by him. But if you can get past his really strong messaging, he has like a heart of gold. He will do anything to help anyone who's genuinely ready to transform themselves. So those are my three top wrap, top of my head go-tos. Those are three pretty good people. Charles has been very <laughs> instrumental in, in uh my education, he's been very supportive with uh, my supplement, Complete Essentials, and helping me grow BSL Nutrition, and so I'm ever thankful for that. Um, it's good to have a guy like that in your corner, and he's just, uh, he's doing great things in the industry, uh, and it's great to see him grow amongst so many health, so many health-minded practitioners, and not just in the in the strength realm. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for him that his message is, is is going beyond just that, uh, you know, just that muscle and, and fitness type population uh, because he is a very strong and, and important message. So um, with that said, Esther, where can people find more information about you? Okay. So for those of you visual people, this is my, uh, my website, estherblum.com. Um, and you can sign up. I send... I send out newsletters Saturday morning, 6 a.m. And um, you can follow me on Facebook. Uh, my fan page is Esther Blum. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Gorgeous Esther. Any, any of those places, I'm alive, well, and active pretty regularly. So, um, But I highly recommend my newsletter because I give special offers that I don't give elsewhere on social perfect media. i know my wife is is a huge fan of yours <laughs> i told her she was so excited when i, I text her and i said hey guess you would not believe who i just got <laughs> signed up for the podcast and 
I said Esther, and she said expletive. Yes, I'm so happy. <laughs> um, so I do recommend you guys sign up for Esther's weekly newsletter. Um, and then before I let you go, tell me about your female uh, retreats and um, online coaching programs. Okay, I'm actually it's fun. I'm actually running um, a private Facebook group. It just started last Monday. It's called Gorgeous Summer Ready, and that has ten participants in it. It's an accountability group. Um, and then, yes, I do retreats a couple times a year. Um, these are women who want to level up in all areas of their lives. And the retreats, um, we spend two and a half days together and we do physical exercises. We eat meals together, but we whiteboard for hours. Um, and if you don't want to do a full retreat, you can also do a VIP strategy day with me and you'll still get the content without all the the, the extra fluff around it. But basically, I get people the framework that they need. And I have a, I do have a gift in pulling out of people what is ready to come out. So for example, one of my clients um, was an HR staffing woman. She wanted to nail down her health, um, but she also wanted to go out on her own. And so we structured the framework for her to leave her job. She's been gone a year and a half. She was my first retreat client. Um, and she now works for herself and has a coaching business and sells training products to train people in HR and conferences and all of that stuff. Um, other people, I help them birth their books, um, birth their businesses or their podcasts or their radio show. It really depends where they want to go in their lives. But they show up ready and with the intent of what they want to create in their life. And then I help them execute their vision. Um, and then I also coach people one-to-one -one, and people can work with me. They can sign up a year at a time if they like. Um, but the, the minimum amount of sessions I'll work with someone is eight because I really um, tend to attract tactical badasses who are ready to show up without excuses or drama. They're ready to get results for themselves. They get excited about kind of unzipping their old suit that no longer fits and stepping into the new and trying new things. They're fearless. They're ready. If I say, okay, let's talk about juicing, they order their juicers that night. Like these are women who just go and they hit the ground running and they invest in themselves. And like, it is the best to finally have found these magical clients who are attracted to me because they know I will absolutely lovingly call them out on any BS they throw my way. So it's great. And we have a ton of fun and laugh and just, we can like make fun of, you know, make fun of each other and say, come on, are you seriously putting that out to the world? And once you deconstruct your fears, you realize like, oh my God, there is nothing I can't do. I am limitless. So we get women to dial into their own potential and just unleash this fury of magic in their life. And once you realize that, you no, know, I mean, even amongst myself, I do this with my own coach. Like no dream is too big. As long as it resonates with your heart, that is all, that is all you need to do. And so your goal is going to be different than my goal. My goal will be different than the next client's goal. It doesn't matter. I meet everyone where they're at, but then we elevate them to just a much higher level than they ever thought was possible. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, thank Ben. Thank you so much for your message. You, uh, 
you clearly walk the talk, and uh, I think you have an incredibly powerful message that all men and women need to hear um, and and start to develop. And so uh, thank you again. If there's anything I can do to, to further support you, just let me know, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Have an awesome day. Take care. Bye.